Daniel 4, 2 to 18, 22 to 37. Please stand for the reading of God's word. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace, when I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. At last Daniel came in before me, he who was named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the visions of my dream that I saw and their interpretation. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones. To the end of the living may know that the most high rules, the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets it over the lowliest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw. And you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Verse 22. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven, and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, and leave the stump of its root in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, in the tender grass of the field, and let him be wet with dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field, till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. 
and as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, It is, is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty. While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be made with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and several periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom and of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stand his, stay in his, none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. This is the word of the Lord. Last weekend, um, I uh, had opportunity to minister to the fathers at the father's son retreat. It was a really precious time to, uh, for the fathers and their sons uh, to be engaging in the bonding activities between them. Well, one of, the, one of the activities that we did was capture the flag. It was the fathers against the sons. Uh, those uh, I joined the fathers side, believing that we are wiser and and uh, be able to win this game? Well, uh, it involved a lot of running. I remember accelerating too quickly, and I pulled a calf muscle on my right leg. Well, I hobbled around a little bit, but uh, I didn't want to uh, stop, although, that should be a sign to me that I should have stopped. But uh, because of my competitive spirit and my ego, um, I didn't want to waste any opportunity to compete. And particularly, the next activity was the rock wall climbing. 
You see, most of those middle schoolers uh, volunteering got up the walls, and I go, I can do that. Yeah. Well, uh, I uh, climbed up the wall, and um, it uh, it caused a a little more strain to my calf, uh, but I made it up to the top. Well, that that was also another warning to me that I should stop. However, uh, somebody asked me, hey, hey, you want to do the zip line? And without any hesitation, I said, sure I do, you know. And I went on to climbing up four flights of steep stairs, and at that time, I was in pain. Well, so... We, I ziplined across the lake and had a fun time. It was great. Well, I landed on the other side of the lake, which would require me to walk all the way back to the other side. Well, by that time, there was a noticeable limp. Well, that evening, um, after I finished uh, my responsibility, to, um, I headed home so that I could be here on Sunday morning. Well, as I was driving home, to, uh, there was an accident on the road, and uh, it delayed my uh, arrival to home. It took an additional, well, it took uh, two and a half hours uh, as I pressed I had to press the gas lightly with my cramped right leg for two and a half hours. I was trying to massage it as I went home. Uh, I finally got home, and to my surprise, as I got home, I I just couldn't put any weight on my leg. Matter of fact, I could not walk. you know, the reason why I could not walk is because I did not uphold to the warnings, the, those warning signs that were before me. Question is, have you been warned about something and you decided to ignore it? Well, the result was probably uh, not very pretty. Well, there was this king who was given some stern warnings but he ignored it, which resulted to some terrible consequences. Well, this king that I'm talking about is referring to King Nebuchadnezzar. You know, before we uh, preached on the five solos series, uh, we're going through the book of Daniel. You probably remember the last message that we cover was Daniel chapter 3, where King Nebuchadnezzar witnessed the power of God as the Lord saved David's three friends from the fiery furnace. And as we move into chapter 4, we see here King Nebuchadnezzar testifying of God's awesome power. So if you have your Bibles, if you turn to Daniel chapter 2, we'll begin with verses 2 and 3. Daniel chapter 4, 
beginning with verse 2. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs. How mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. Wow. We see here, King Nebuchadnezzar was bragging about God. My question to you is, how often do you brag about God? Do you acknowledge God's power? Do you acknowledge his authority? May we make a practice to show off God, to tell others about God's goodness, God's sovereignty. Matter of fact, I encourage you, just as we see here, King Nebuchadnezzar, to brag about God this week. Tell some, someone how God has been awesome in your life. You know, various times we tend to forget of all the things that God does in our life. May we remember that God is a sovereign God. God is a powerful God. He is active in our life and He is available for us. He's able to deliver us for, for we know that he can, and particularly when we put our trust in him. So here we go back to the story here. Nick, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. But this dream really terrified him. He became very anxious, and he called upon the wise men to come, which consists of the magicians, the Enchanters, the astrologers, they were all their smartest people. But with all of their abilities, they were not able to interpret the king's dream. And God reminds us here that the wisdom of this world is inadequate. That is only God who can give true understanding of the future. Well, here we see Daniel come into the scene. He came to interpret the dream. What is very interesting as we look in verses 8 and 9 is how King Nebuchadnezzar described Daniel. Two times he says that the spirit of the holy God is in him. The spirit of the holy God is in him. It also said, uh, no mystery is too difficult for you. If someone were to describe you, how would they describe you? Would, would they say, you're a responsible and faithful man? Or would they say, you're a hot-tempered person that's... Uh, has a control issue. Or would they say, you know, you say one thing, but you do another. Or would they say, I could see God in you. Well, we see King Nebuchadnezzar complimenting to Daniel because the king see God 
being an integral part of Daniel's life. That he is one who trusts and depended on God. Uh, this, this past week, um, the, the ministerial staff uh, attended a conference uh, up in Dallas. Uh, it was a, a tremendous opportunity for us of learning. But not only that, it was a, a tremendous opportunity for us to be bonding together. Um, I was uh, in uh, Pastor Jason's uh, car, and, and I uh, had a chance to share with him just uh, how much I respected him and, and appreciate how well he has been leading the church. You know, I, I, I just believe that uh, we need to, to, to encourage and compliment those people that are around us, and particularly those that we respect. And, and I encourage you, uh, even today, that you go up to people that particularly you respect, that you share with them why you respect them. We see King Nebuchadnezzar respected Daniel. He complimented him. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar went on to explain to Daniel about the dream that he saw. It started out good, but then as it progressed, it turned from bad to worse. Actually, you know, as we take a look at that dream, it consists of three parts. First, there was this tremendous description about this tree was large, it was strong, it was beautiful, and it bare abundant fruit. And secondly, second part, uh, there was a messenger, a holy one, that was introduced, and, 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 and it called upon the tree to be cut down, to, to trim the branches. But yet, the stem are to, and stem and the roots are to remain. And then the third part, it talks more about this tree, but this tree turns into a pronoun describing someone. Well, this person will live with the animals. His mind will change from that of a man to the mind of an animal. Well, this whole dream really terrified the king. And at the end of uh, this dream, the holy messengers made a proclamation explaining the purpose of the prediction as to what's going to happen. And we see this in verse 17. So in Daniel chapter 4, verse 17, it says, The decision is announced by messengers, the holy ones declaring the verdict, so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowest of men. The purpose of this proclamation is to show everyone that the most high God rules over the kingdoms of the world. He's the one that gives power to rule. God is to be acknowledged for his sovereignty, that he is in charge, that he gives authority to all kingdom and to all 
rulers. And the only reason that any leader becomes uh, in charge of a kingdom is because God's giving it to him. And as we move on in verse 19, we see that Daniel, knowing the interpretation of the dream, initially was a little bit hesitant to tell this bad news to the king because, because the dream speaks of judgment that's going to fall upon the king. But yet he was willing to speak the truth in love. It's difficult to tell bad news or correction to someone, but if we really love and care about the person, we would be willing to do so. Do you have someone that you need to speak truth into? Someone that you might need to correct? Oh, we might not like to, to upset the other person or to make the other person feel bad, but yet it is critical for us to speak truth in love, that we care enough about the other person that we're willing to confront. So Daniel goes on to explain the interpretation. He starts in verse 22. He basically said that this tree, this grand, strong, big tree, is describing as a symbolism of the king. That he was a mighty ruler. However, that he will be judged. God saw the pride that was in the king's heart, and he wanted to discipline him. Let's take a look in verses 24 to 26. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my lord, the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dews of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and give them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stem of the tree with its root means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Daniel here tells the king that the cutting down and trimming of the tree symbolizes Nebuchadnezzar's disgrace and removal from the throne. But yet the stump, the, the stump remains, shows that he will one day be restored back to the throne. So in this discipline, the king will live like a beast, eating grass and living among wild animals for seven years. Now, the big lesson uh, that the king needs to learn is that God alone is sovereign and will not permit human rulers to usurp authority. 
or to take credit for God's mighty work. You see, we are just subjects. God himself is the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, when we refuse to submit to God's authority, then we'll need to face God's judgment. It might not take place right away. You see, God is a just God, but he's also a patient and gracious God. In various times, he might give us some warnings. And when we are successful, you know, do we remember that this is from the Lord or do we take credit for what has been happening in our lives? You know, when you are promoted at work, when you have done well at school, you know, may we remember that God is the one that gave us the ability to do well. Remember to give credit to God instead of bragging about ourselves. A passage that reminds me of this uh, is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 to 19. Let me just, just read this to you. Deuteronomy 8, beginning verse 17, it says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and to confirm his covenant, which he swore to your forefather, as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will be surely be destroyed. You know, this is a, a pretty uh, terrifying dream, and particularly hearing about uh, the interpretation that there's going to be great judgment upon the king. And after to Daniel explained the interpretation, Daniel urges the king to repent. And we see this in verse 27. He says, therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sin by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that your prosperity will continue. See, although the king deserved to be judged, God gave him a second chance. Daniel urges the king to turn from his sinful ways and to humble himself before the Lord. You know, upon hearing God's word, it's critical to respond in a proper manner. God gave the king the opportunity to right his wrongs. And yet, we see that... Uh, King did not respond in proper way. The king has not shown concern for the poor, nor shown mercy to those that are in need. And God's made very clear in Scripture that He is the protector and defenders of the poor, the aliens, and the oppressed. Matter of fact, in 
in Proverbs 19, no, 29, verse 14, it says, If a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will always be secure. Again, we see Daniel was calling the king to repent. This word repent means changing of one's mind. Now, that involves several things. We're talking about repentance. It involves admitting our sin. It involves uh, being remorse over our sin. And not only that, but a turning away, taking some action in turning away from our sin. It's not enough to just verbalize and say, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize for something, but sometimes it might just be words without any actions. And we see that uh, we also need to be remorse. We need to be saddened by what we have done against God and against others. And we see that uh, the king here, you know, although Daniel urged him to repent, he sort of just went in one ear and out the other. And he sort of just ignored what was happening and, and was not willing to repent. And since he was not willing to humble himself before God, we see that God had to humble him so that he will recognize that God is sovereign, that he is in charge. God's given the king more grace by not fulfilling this prophecy right away, but giving him more time to repent. And the question before us is application. Is there sins that uh, we need to confess before God? May we do it today. You know, God gives us a wonderful promise in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And for some of us that do not know Christ personally, and uh, I just invite you to become a child of God simply by confessing your sin and placing your trust in Christ, knowing that He's the one who died on the cross to pay the penalty of our sins, that He resurrected to. To, to show that he has overcome death. As we place our faith in Christ, we will be saved. We know that um, from the beginning of this chapter, we see that the king testified of God's awesome power. But as we see in the latter part of this chapter, there is a big turnaround. Notice as we take a look in verse 29. So 12 months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he says, is not this the great Babylon that I built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? The words were still in his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed. For you, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
your royal authority has been taken from you. You see, God gave the king 12 months, an entire year, to accept God's warning and to repent from his sins. But we see that the king refused to repent. And not only did he not repent, we see that the king testified how great he is. In the very beginning of the chapter, he testified about God's awesome work, and now he, his focus is upon himself. And because of the king's pride, we see that he received judgment. You know, pride, we see in scripture, is one of the, one of the things that God greatly hates. We see this in Proverbs 6.16. Pride leads to self-sufficiency. As a result, we feel like, well, you know, hey, I can do by myself. I don't, I don't really need the Lord. And that's exactly what's happened here with the king. Well, what happened to the king next? If we look in the verse 33, we'll see. It says, immediately... What has been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dews of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. The king had a chance to repent, but instead of repenting, he bragged and he boasted of all of his accomplishment without acknowledging God. Therefore, he needed to learn a difficult lesson through discipline. God punished the king as he gone insane and lived with wild animals. Indeed, he lost his throne. But worse, he lived with the animals, ate grass like cattle, and his mind, his heart, and even his body became like wild animals for seven years. You know, God could have destroyed uh, both the king as well as his kingdom, but God still had a plan for the king. God wanted the king to tell the whole world what has happened to him and how God's name needs to be glorified. Well, what happened at the end of that seven years? We look down in verse 34, particularly the first part of verse 34. It says, all the end of that time, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven. And my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honor and glorify him who, 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 lives, who lives forever. And we look at verse 36. It goes on and say, At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and my splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom, my visor." And nobles 
sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are, are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. When we are not willing to humble ourselves before the Lord, God will humble us. It is not uh, worth challenging God because he is, he is all-powerful. It only makes sense for us to submit to him. God is a gracious God. Many times he gives us warning. May we heed to those warnings and remember that God is sovereign and he is powerful and that he deserves all of our praise. Let's bow for prayer.